2005 was the trigger for her depression. Her best friend was shot at a party. It was a very tragic death. The death of her friend triggered a great depression in her. She was not the same after that. In the beginning, we thought it was just that. It was just grief. But as time went on and she was not able to recover and she continued to cry very often and feel down and having trouble getting out of bed, we realized that there was something more. Hello, this is Jessica Jimeno, and you are listening to Flip Switch, the podcast and blog that helps teens and 20-somethings Understand Depression and Bipolar Disorder. What you just heard was Victor, a minister, husband, and father of three, as he described the toll mental illness has exacted on his 20-something daughter's life. What happened to his daughter? Listen and find out. In the previous podcast, you heard Victor, an engineer and minister, originally from Puerto Rico, talk about values essential to Hispanic culture. Victor shared cultural obstacles people face in getting help. We heard about how his wife was diagnosed with major depression and that she is successfully managing it today. But at the end of part one, he just began telling us about his daughter and the anguish she was in. Today, he will finish the story. He will show us how he supported his loved ones through depression and bipolar disorder. He will also give tips for talking to your parents about your own bipolar disorder. And now, we resume Victor's story about his daughter's behavior after her best friend's death. So we took her to a psychiatrist that made an evaluation, and she was diagnosed with major depression at that time and she was given some antidepressants, which in the beginning was very frustrating because the antidepressants did not work at all. It actually made things worse. It took some trial and error to find the right medication. It was four or five years later when she got married that she actually had her first manic episode. Up to that point, we thought she suffered of major depression. We didn't know about the manic side. And the episode that triggered her manic episode was after the wedding, her husband went back to Korea. He was in the military and she had the dream of going with him. Since she was not able to, the military denied her to stay with her husband in Korea. She had to stay in the States. She went definitely off the chart, very wild, very wired up all the time, couldn't sleep, and very destructive behaviors towards herself. It was very scary, very traumatic for the whole family. But at that time, we realized that there was some relationship with her previous diagnosis of major depression. So we encouraged her at this time, she's an adult, so we encouraged her to go to the doctor to get a diagnosis, and she was diagnosed as bipolar too. After a struggle of a year, she is doing very well. She's very stable, but it took a long time to find the right prescription, the right dosage. It took a lot of time for her to even accept that bipolar disorder was something that she was suffering. It was a process. It was not something that happened in a week or two. It took about a year for her to really accept that she had bipolar II disorder. What was the scariest moment in watching your daughter battle bipolar disorder? 
It has to be the times in which he attempted suicide. That was very, very mind-boggling. I never thought that a person could do such a thing. And actually, if I thought of it, I thought of somebody very far away, not somebody close to me, not somebody in my own house. She was 21 years old at the time she attempted. What was the most hopeful moment in battling bipolar disorder? treatment. It was very hopeful to see that as she visited professionals, she attended inpatient clinics that lasted a few weeks. And as she learned to cope with her own illness and she submitted to the medication as well as to the program, that she was able to get better. I was not very aware of depression or bipolar disorder before I encountered it in my family. One of the major ways in which I educated myself was through NAMI, an organization that put a family-to-family -family program. It was a 12-week intensive during a summer. NAMI was very clear in defining mood disorders as brain disorders, that there is a physical aspect to the illness that could be explained scientifically, that it was not just something spiritual or, or emotional, that there's a psychosocial and biological issue that is taking place. What things did you do to show support to your wife and daughter? For one, participating in that program the other step was being there for my family members when they were going through a crisis, being their advocate with the health system as they went through treatment, and also being a support in the home by being with them and trying to help them in any way that I could. At home, for example, we would just make room for the crisis for the moment to allow them to express their pain, their anguish, to allow them to have their space to not be critical, but to be accepting and open, and to make myself available when they needed me. In a certain occasion when there was a critical need, for example, a suicide attempt, it was very difficult for me to be there for them, but I was present and supported all the way my family member taking them to the hospital and just going through all the steps required to ensure the well-being of a family member. You spoke about allowing family members to express themselves at home. How did you do this? Allowing boundaries that were probably a little more loose than what we would like, but within reason. Anything that would endanger anyone else in the family was not allowed. So if a person was frustrated, a person was able to express it in words, crying if they needed to, a person could yell and could vent as long as no one else was in danger. I believe they both felt comfortable asking for help, that they didn't feel well that day, that they wanted some time alone, not to involve them. Since I am involved in the ministries of the church, I required their presence in certain events, and I would give them the leeway to not have to be present and just allow them to have their own space. So there was good communication, if you were a member of my family and you were going to express to me that you were not feeling well, you would call me and we would sit down and we would have a conversation about how you felt that you were not ready to go out for a dinner appointment, that you did not feel ready to be with people. If I am struggling with bipolar disorder, how can I tell my parents? 
There are, of course, two different kinds of symptoms for bipolar disorder. On one side, there is depression, on the other end is manic episodes. Parents may not be able to understand what is going on and the swings and the differences between the two. But if any child is feeling down most of the time when the depression is taking place and feels like crying very often and feels like needs more space and room and doesn't want to talk to people, it is okay to go to the parent and say, I need help, I feel down, I feel that I'm not able to cope with my circumstance, I want to be away from people. Those are terms that could be used to express to the parents what they are going through. On the other hand, when there is a manic episode, it's probably as good as well to express my mind is racing, I cannot sleep, I have destructive thoughts, I have all these things that can come to your mind. It's okay to express them clearly to your parents so that they can take action. Otherwise, it goes unnoticed. Or if they suspect something, they will not know for sure because they don't have your feedback. It's important to talk it out all throughout July, Flipswitch is celebrating National Minority Mental Health Awareness Month with stories from people of different ethnic backgrounds who bravely battle bipolar disorder or depression. Before the next podcast, you can always hear other podcasts and read my blogs on the Flipswitch page at www bpkids.org forward slash flip switch forward slash podcast. Leave a comment. Be heard. Until next time, this is Jessica Jimeno signing off and saying thank you for listening to Flip Switch.